Hey y'all, I'm Lucy. And I'm Jean. And we're from the Newsy Floozies podcast with CSPN Media. I know y'all are like, but that's not the podcast we clicked on. But bitch, this is what you got. It mm-hmm. is, it is. Because mm-hmm. we that queer black podcast you didn't even know you needed. Exactly. Two gay women. Oh my goodness. What are they going to talk about? Tune in and find out. We come out every Monday. We sure do. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Newsy Floozies. See y'all on Monday. The gay day. Hey. The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Let me tell you about who deserves a shot at the United States Heavyweight. Let's hear it. I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to the WCW. And I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot, L Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler, you're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason... Wait a minute, L Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here, please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but thank goodness sakes, it's 50 pounds Who difference. are you to, to, to doubt L Dandy? This guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious how about, the, how about hypnosis? Let's get through Psychosis? Psychosis? Whatever, whatever. He's a great wrestler, you know. Hello, and welcome to episode... 213 of the WrestleCast. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm joined by my SmackDown Matters correspondent, Miss Didi Jonet. Hey, friend. How are you, friend? I'm good. Uh, I know your Thanksgiving was good. Um, Yeah, my brother bought over Parcheesi, but we didn't play Parcheesi, so I'm very sad that I don't get to tell you all about black people playing Parcheesi in the year 2018. Yeah, that's... I, figure I'm the, I figure I'm the only one on in North Carolina who would be playing, I mean, North America, I'm sorry, who would be playing Parcheesi in 2018. Yeah, that's old school black folks. It's fun. I asked my mother, who's an old school black woman, how you play Parcheesi? I don't know. <laughs> it's been that long. People <laughs> don't play Parcheesi. But, you know, it's a family game now, so we'll probably play it when the nephews come. Okay. All right. I guess. I don't know. The instructions were very long. Did you make anything for this year's Thanksgiving dinner? Of course. I made the mac and cheese. Oh, okay. Congrats. I always make the mac and cheese. Yeah. 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 I'll give you a hint. Don't buy pre-shredded cheese. Step one. Step two, use your food processor to shred the cheese. Not your box grater like your granny make you use. Life-changing. There you go, folks. Cooking with Didi Jonay podcast coming here soon on CSPN. <laughs> We're joined by the Russell Cast broadcast journalist himself, none other than Magnum Prime. What's going on, Greg? Yeah, I'm just over here in shock at the the cheese life hack that just completely altered my reality. <laughs> Got to try that now. <laughs> Changes everything. Uh, Shit. Is there anything else that you'd like to uh, give the people about the uh, mac and cheese recipe there so they can get it? Um, what do you prefer, the creamy or the, like, baked? What's what's, what's your preference? For there? me? Yes. Since oh, we, we are a baked household. Okay. You know, I'll, I'll bust out your good craft shells and cheese for the nephews because they don't got no good taste buds. But for holiday season, all of that. Bechamel, which is flour and butter. Then you put your milk, whole milk. Then you like put in your shredded, not from a bag, cheese. 
about two-thirds of it. I've seen a few recipes. All of them are basically about the same. You start with the bechamel, you add the cheese, boom, it becomes a Mornay sauce. You can call it a Mornay sauce, and then you'll feel very fancy. Yes. So you add the seasonings that you like, a little bit of salt, a little bit of pepper, maybe a lot of bit of pepper, Worcestershire sauce if you're about that life. It's not necessary, but it adds a little something. You're going to undercook your noodles because they're going to cook further in the oven. So don't get them mushy because then the whole thing will be mushy. Learn from me. If you want to buy, listen, if you want to be a thug and just use like Velveeta blocks because you really like that processed cheese, I've done it. It's okay, especially when you mix it with the real cheese. It doesn't be that bad, but you can buy creamy, real cheese and get that same streaky effect. All that is is like mozzarella. And it'll train like you do on a pizza. Shark cheddar mozzarella and then just do what you want. Don't do like blue cheese or feta. Don't be an idiot. But yeah, any other kind of cheese. Easy. Thank you, Miss Didi Shane. Hopefully, uh, you know, that will help some ladies out there with some things they've maybe been struggling with to get that perfect pan of mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a game changer once you get chose. Just continue perfecting that. Tell you what, I, I made it for my brother's baby's mama's family at a Christmas. It was Christmas. And they live up in Maine. They're awfully Caucasian. The other things on the menu are boiled pearl onions as a side dish. Um pickled asparagus you know and so here I come with my mac and cheese and I had sprinkled bacon on top because I was you know I was feeling very fancy you know and so the guy was like is their uncle on their mom's side he was like oh if I wasn't already married I was like oh that's what I would say mac and cheese with a little bit of bacon on top Ooh, his wife was annoyed they're divorced now but anyway mac and cheese change your life with bacon on top might even cause a divorce Listen, especially if it's that thick cut bacon. Well, if you ever find the price of that honey baked ham bacon, then, you know, it's really on, huh? I still can't find it. We might have to update next week. (laughs) Part two. (laughs) The Rasslecast is a part of the CSPN. You can find us on the web at CSPN.us. You can also find us on Stitcher Radio, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Spotify. So, we've got some news this week. As on November 5th, we had some trademarks that were filed by All Elite Wrestling, LLC, which has the same address as the NFL's Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars are owned by the Khan family. And the son of the owner, Tony Khan, has been heavily rumored behind backing this venture. So the trademarks that have been filed for are All Elite Wrestling, AEW All Out, All Out, AEW, Double or Nothing, Tuesday Night Dynamite, AEW, Double or Nothing. The group most discussed behind the venture are Nick and Matt Jackson, the Young Bucks, and Cody Rhodes. Hence the references to Elite and Double or Nothing, a reference that Cody Rhodes made after the group put on their first pay-per-view all-in. Jackson's, Cody Rhodes, and Kenny Omega are, of course, set to become free agents in January. 
Chris Jericho and Jim Ross were also linked to the group, but have downplayed and denied any involvement. So, G, they went from having the idea of let's do a pay-per-view to, hmm, let's do a promotion. Yeah, and if I could take the next step, seems like somebody may have some, some television time somewhere. Oh, yeah? You got some more news? Well, I don't have any news, but I would think that would be the next logical step. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They probably, whatever um, WGN, I think, hosted their little pre-show part that they got where, you know, they don't really need, um, per se, television time because that being the elite is so strong on streaming, you know, they could they could go that route, too, as well, also. That's true. But now, what is their what is their app that they they're a part of right now, or streaming? If it's is it if I think it's the Fight Network, yeah. I wonder if they would want to do something with the Zone because they're out there, you know, giving Canelo over three hundred million for his fights. If they have that type of money, they may be interested in wrestling also. Yeah, if they got that type of money, they would be looking for content for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a new world, man, because. TV ain't necessarily it, it, you know, it'd be nice just because you could get that, that money from those, you know, advertisers and those, um, those, you know, um, networks and that money's pretty much solid. Whereas, you know, who knows if this thing can really pay Canelo this 300 million, they gonna really get that many subscribers, you know, to see him fight. If they don't already have that cash somewhere, to give him but you know this could be fun i don't know you know if it's if it's going to be successful but at least it's something that's going to have people talking it's another option right people who need one right and that they're all coming up to be free agents that would be a power move as well just to be like nope we're not going nowhere (laughs) we're gonna start our own organization. We ain't gonna choose anybody. ROA two, we're done with you. New Japan, we're done with you. WWE, nope, we're never coming because <laughs> we're gonna put together like a wrestling show put together by wrestlers, creative creative done by wrestlers and, you know, smart people to wrestling. That could be really, really interesting. Miss Didi, sure. you, got, you got any thoughts on on that? Cody Rhodes trying to get his own wrestling company going? I mean, competition won't be a bad thing. I mean, it kind of, sort of, but not really worked for Jeff Jarrett for a little while. So why not Cody Rhodes? Yeah. So I guess. Good luck to those guys. If this really is, you know, something that's moving forward and getting set in motion, everything points to it that it is. So um, if they can you know, deliver and have a, get a good talent roster and get some people that are, people are interested in seeing the initial, uh, you know, programs and things will definitely have a strong, uh, viewing. And then once that happens, you just got to keep the people that you get the eyes on it, just keep them hooked. And that might not be that hard if you have a good product. So we'll move on to the Monday night raw raw cast report. Thanks to everybody who came and, joined us this week in the live chat we appreciate it 
Raw was from Milwaukee, Wisconsin this week. So um, we start off with Corbin, Leo Rush, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre. They're in the ring. Corbin runs down to fans about how much, you know, carbs they took in for Thanksgiving while, you know, those three guys and Leo Rush, you know, they care about their bodies and they look great. Then he starts talking about how great he's been as GM. Uh, they start sharing their thanks, including the, you know, savage beating they gave Braun last week. They show footage of the beatdown. Then Corbin said he sent a camera crew to see Braun getting prepped for surgery. So they show Braun in the hospital room. Braun shows off his bruised and battered elbow. He says he wished he was at Raw to get revenge. His doctor says he's never seen an injury this bad or an arm this big. Braun says he plans to return at 100% and give the men that hurt him these hands. So first and foremost, uh, that looked pretty nasty. Braun's elbow and arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Corbin's bragging in the ring that Braun won't be cleared for TLC. And he says that when he doesn't show up, he'll win via forfeit. He says you're either with Corbin or you're against him. Then all of a sudden, the lights go out. Nothing happens for like, seemed like 15 seconds, but it's probably only like five. I thought it was Bray Wyatt. But nope, we hear the strum of a guitar and it's (laughs) Elias. Elias arrives and says that these idiots in the ring need to understand that WWE stands for Walk with Elias. Elias. Elias then says that anyone would be a better GM than Corbin. Oh. <laughs> he calls Bobby Lashley, Bobby Trashley, and then uh, he starts singing the song that uh, Bobby Lashley sucks. So, Didi, uh, rate the performance of Elias this week. Five stars. <laughs> we get a Lashley versus Elias match. Elias heads up top. That big Macho Man elbow drop connects, but Leo Rush pulls out the ref for the DQ. But nope. Baron Corbin now says that this is a no disqualification match. Elias fights off the heels. He gets his guitar, and Corbin makes the save. Lashley destroys the guitar, and Corbin hits Elias with chair shots. They beat down Elias with a claymore by Drew. Drew then pummels Elias with strikes. Drew then Alabama slams Elias onto the steps. Lashley then takes a lap around the ring, a la Braun Strowman, and he spears Elias. Back in the ring, Lashley poses, and then he covers Elias for the win. Mm-mm. It did a lot to my poor man Elias, and then they and then they remembered. Oh yeah, we still can pin him. Like damn, Mm-mm. so rude. <laughs> Backstage, Corbin fires a production assistant for turning off the lights for Elias. He then meets with Alexa Bliss, and she says that he's doing an amazing job, and she is here to help. Corbin then puts her in charge of the whole women's division. We get a video of Dean Ambrose with his personal physician. He's getting a checkup and he isn't at Raw tonight. He knows that Seth is happy and that's why he's doing that uh, Intercontinental Open Challenge tonight. Dean mocks the fans and says that he's getting a flu and rabies shot. 
He says, there's nothing that can wash away Seth's sins and no medicine that can heal him. At TLC, he will put Seth out to out of his misery. Did you really think that I would expose myself for Raw tonight in the toxic dump that is Milwaukee? Well, if you're disappointed, then deal with it. I'm sure you're used to disappointment by now. Seth Rollins will also say that he is disappointed that I am not there. But I know that he is relieved. Why else would he feel so safe as to issue his Intercontinental Championship Open Challenge tonight? Because I'm not there. But next week, I promise, I will be there. Right in the center of the ring. But right now, first of all, it's flu season. And I just don't want to risk coming out there and risk catching something from you people. Because you people, like Rollins, are vermin. Sometimes out there, I feel like I'm in a third world country. The stench of your breath, the putrid smell of your body odor, your greasy, fat little hands pawing at me. It's revolting. Revolting. Sometimes I feel like I need protection from like Ebola or E. coli or Ebola or whatever it is, diseases you all are carrying. Like this, for dysentery, typhoid, distemper, right? And the next one's rabies, right? This is for rabies, and this is going to punch a bit. Good. Because I would not go to Houston next week without my rabies shot. This next shot's going to be your hip. Oh, Surprise you, pain. Now, Seth Rollins, there is no shower that can wash away your sins. There is no medicine for you that can cure the sickness that is in your soul. You are a lost cause, compadre. At TLC, because I'm such a great guy, I'm gonna do the good and decent thing, the merciful thing, and put you out of your misery for good. Then, after the video of Dean, Corey tries to ask Renee about Dean's state of mind, and <laughs> she has no answer. She said, I don't know why you think my husband talks to me. <laughs> <laughs> She'd just be like, hey, you know, he hasn't talked to me a, a lot this week. Um, hey, it's hard for me to know what's going on in his head. He doesn't talk to me a lot. <laughs> That's always funny. The Corey Graves is like, you gotta know something, Renee. You gotta know something. Um, as I, they had all these close-ups of Dean Ambrose, I couldn't help but notice that he might have moved into the Miss Didi Jonay uh, bearded bay list. He's close. He's close. Okay. We move on to Didi Jonay's new favorites. The Lucha House Party. Do you understand it yet? No. Okay. Just give it a couple more weeks. You'll get it. It's weird. <laughs> Why is it a party? They have pinatas. Whenever there's pinatas, it's a party. Are they opening the pinatas? They do sometimes take the pinatas and burst them over people's heads. Well, see, that's that's a party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So we have the Lucha House Party versus the Revival. 
Grandmad Elite takes control and he tags in Lince Dorado and the Luchas work triple teams. Dawson cuts off Kalisto and then Dash works a gory special. Kalisto fights back. He falls down and the Luchas work triple teams again and the shooting star press finishes my man Dawson. So the revival out here still doing the job. They hype Laura Sullivan as the hottest free agent in wrestling. Then Nia Jax and Tamina arrive. Nia claims that the raw women are thankful for her. Jax is thankful for breaking Becky's face. And she says the man is no match for the facebreaker. And she took away her match with Ronda Rousey. Nia then claims that Rousey's been in a tailspin ever since they faced each other at Money in the Bank. She then shows Charlotte kicking the shit out of Rousey at Survivor Series. Nia continue, then she starts mocking Ronda Rousey with the mean face and the I'm angry and ooh, I got a smile. Didi, what'd you think about that? Mm. She's boring. Yeah, I didn't think the promo hit Jackson. You know, she doesn't know how to emphasize things correctly. And her voice is just generally like kind of hesitant. Like you gotta learn to say what you're Nia claims that she's been nothing but great and that she's at the top of the mountain. Ronda Rousey arrives and says that Nia did win the Battle Royal and praises her punching power and that, you know, changed things with one punch. But Nia's luck is about to run out and at TLC, she'll rip her arm off and slap Charlotte Flair with it. But she's eager to fight and Rousey is ready and so she offers Nia a title shot right here and now. Nia declines, noting that she could beat her right now, and then she kind of stalls. Tamina looks to attack, but Natalia arrives and is instantly jumped by the Riot Squad. <laughs> and then Rhonda has to make the save. That is so stupid. Because I was like, why would why would Natty come out? And I was like, oh, to get her ass whipped. Oh, okay, okay, cool, got it. <laughs> G-Man. Because did Rhonda come out when she was getting her ass whipped by the Riot Squad last week? No. Hell to the no. Exactly. Don't help people who won't help you. Where's to live by? Science. G Money, uh, what'd you feel about Naya's entering promo? I, I wasn't impressed by it, but you know, that's not saying a lot for the entire episode. So right. she's about par for the course at that point. We have the AOP versus Rude and Gable in a Raw tag team title match. Drake Maverick is backstage. He's in the bathroom with Bobby Rude's Bobby Rude's robe. Drake Maverick puts the robe in the toilet and he pees on it. AOP then runs a distracted take your drink. Bobby Rude and Chad Gable and then they finish him with the net breaker power bomb combo. And somewhere investment man is like I love it. <laughs> okay, DD. Mm. Remember last week you were like 
I'm not really mad at this person. I'm not really mad at that person. I'm mad at Drake because he's not standing up for himself to say, I'm just not going to do it, dog. Yes. Yeah, I think this week I'm on your side. See? (laughs) (sighs) This is awful. Thank you. Alexa Bliss, she meets with Bailey and Sasha Banks as he offers them an open forum tonight. Kurt Hawkins is announced as the person who will be mm-hmm. replacing Braun Strowman in the Mixed Match Challenge. Yo, this Mixed Match Challenge this year is like, were you around in like elementary school and they made you do country dancing? And you had to switch partners and yeah. promenade and Dusty Dusty. Ain't that what this is? <laughs> like, has anybody had the same partner the whole way through besides like Naomi and Jimmy? <laughs> Bailey and Finn have been pretty I consistent. I swear, like, everybody else is like switching out, switching back. Not him, not her. Uh, not that one. Yeah. Because it was like, it was Bronin and Alexa. Mm-hmm. And then it was Bronin. Ember. Ember. And now it's Ember and, and that shade. Let's just be clear. That's shady as fuck. How you go from Braun to fucking Kurt Hawkins, who hasn't won anything in ever? Like, that's crazy. Just let you know about the sense of humor for some of those people who make the decisions over there. But Ember Moon faces off against Alicia Fox. Black girls. Fox hits a big boot and covers for two. The net breaker follows for a two count. Fox then grounds things and she locks on the sleeper. Ember escapes and then she lays in strikes. The tornado suplex follows and then the eclipse finish thing, finishes things off and Ember Moon is your winner. Post-match, No Way Jose and the conga line arrive to celebrate. Ember Moon wanted no parts of that. None whatsoever. She got into it. I saw her smiling. <laughs> so no way Jose versus Jinder Mahal Mahal grounds things but Jose fires back he hits a high cross and clotheslines Mahal stuns him off the ropes but the Coloss finishes it to end things for no way Jose Jinder Mahal gets the win Seth Rollins has his open challenge and it's answered by Dolph Ziggler what a surprise. <laughs> Dolph avoids the blackout and hits zigzag for two. Dolph doesn't follow up. Instead, he starts trash talking Seth. Rollins cradles him for a two count. Dolph hits a DDT and he heads up top. Rollins pops up. He hits the superplex and he goes into the Falcon Arrow. And Seth Rollins gets the pin and defends his intercontinental title. Mm. So. It was cool to see him actually win a match with that combination. Yeah, because he doesn't ever win a match with that. Right. So the next time cool. he doesn't and doesn't win a match with that, it'll be an even better near fall. Mm-hmm. Alexa Bliss has given Bailey and Sasha Banks an open forum to address their fans. Alexa arrives and says she's in charge of the women's division, and that's why she's doing this. Charlie is at ringside to get fan questions. The first question is how they would change the division. Bailey says that she is proud of the division and she just wants more opportunities. Banks says that she would ship Alexa Bliss back to SmackDown. 
Lexa gets annoyed and she tries to stir the pot, trying to cause issues between the two friends. Bailey says Banks is wrong and she sends Alexa Bliss back to hell. Then Alicia Fox, Dana Brooke, and Mickey James arrive and they attack Bailey and Sasha Banks. But Bailey and Sasha Banks, they make a comeback and they clean house and Alexa Bliss is just left smiling. Didi, your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Uh, I was watching it, but I wasn't focused on it because it was achingly boring. It didn't mean anything. And why are we taking questions from the audience? It was a this forum. Stupid. <laughs> it's like when you have a panel and, you know, there's it's people dumb. It's dumb. And if anybody asks you what improvements the ch- the division needs and you don't say more titles, you're dumb. <laughs> we'll see. It's a perfect time for you to say tag titles. Duh. But no. Instead, she said she'll send Alexa back to hell when everybody knows Ohio is hell. Wait, let me stop. Ohio is a wonderful state. Main event time. Finn Balor. He's facing Baron Gorbin. Balor manages a DDT and he follows with the John Woo but he misses the double stomp. Corbin of course then makes the match a handicap match and he brings out Drew. Finn Balor runs wild for a bit but then Drew cuts him off and slams him into the barricade. Back in Drew hits the Claymore for the win. After the match Corbin, Drew and Lashley beat down Finn Balor. Don't do it, Finn. You're putting history at risk. Oh, my God. Make if Balor can knock off Corbin, went for the coup de bras. And Corbin rolled out of harm's way. Finn, Finn, back up. Back up. This match is now a two-on-one handicap match. What? It'll be Finn Balor versus me. And my partner, Drew McIntyre. This is insane. Game over. Changing the rules midstream again, just like he did to Elias earlier tonight. And now the Scottish psychopath is coming down here, and it's two on one. And what does Balor do? Balor taking to the skies. Down goes McIntyre. Finn is feeling it. Balor fired up. Now he looks at Corbin and drives Corbin right into the timekeeper's area. Now stay in your office, Baron Corbin. Sit down. Oh, from behind, McIntyre flattens Balor. And now Drew McIntyre. The numbers game catching up to Finn Balor now, and McIntyre dropping him on the barricade. You can be on the right side of history, or you could be on the wrong side of it. Finn Balor chose poorly. Claymore kick. McIntyre, of course, now part of this match, picks up the victory over Balor. Here are your winners, General Manager Lex Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre. When is this going to end? First Strowman, then Elias, now Balor. And the Almighty is going to join the party. Corey, how can you condone any of this? Finn doesn't even have an idea of where he's at. And now the almighty Bobby Lashley continues the punishment. It didn't have to be this way, Finn. It didn't have to be this way. 
Corbin's personal vendetta continues against all those who have crossed him at end of days. Look at me. Look at me. You're nothing but a boy in a man's world. Shut him up. Get him up. You got enough already. What is the point? Finn can't even stand. Again. McIntyre, Lashley, and Corbin may be unstoppable. And that was the worst Monday Night Raw. <laughs> A very long, long, long time. They got all these great people all these great wrestlers they got more talent as far as athletic ability and you know just pure bodies that they've ever had with the worst creative they've ever had it is oh it is so bad i don't think it's bad it's like mm, it's like they all need to be fired (laughs) Even if it is Vince, like somebody needs to lock him in, I don't know, a porta potty to where he can't get out and control this shit because it's awful. I'm talking little to no redeeming qualities in three fucking hours of TV. It's just, it's way too long to be that terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, they did take it. Vince did take us to the porta potty. No, I want I want him to be in the porta potty. Oh, oh. And then I want Triple H to run it correctly. <laughs> or whoever runs SmackDown, they can do double duty. Like it's just so bad, and I feel bad for you all because it's it's allegedly the A show, and yeah. it's three hours of crap. A, like it's, a it's for nothing. ass. Yeah, That's A for ass. I guess one thing if your show is badness an hour, you know, but it's like it's badness three hours. It's like watching a football game and the score is like zero zero at the end of the fourth quarter. You're like, what did I watch this for? What was the point of this? Nothing matters. No stakes. Not even interesting. It'd be one thing if it was like stupid, but at least the matches were entertaining. Nothing's entertaining. Maybe they have sets. Like maybe the seasons are affecting them. They need vitamin D. Maybe they needed Roman more than they thought. Loop. Loop, loop, loop. Mm. No, they wish they had Kevin Owens right now. Oh, yeah, they don't have Kevin or Sammy. Or Bray Wyatt. Where is Bray? He's just chilling. He's trying to get back with his wife? Uh, Recommit to the family? I don't know about that. I know he had uh, he had some issues going to the air, going to the airport, and so uh, he's in an accident, and so they were kind of like, "Yo, you need to slow down." So they kind of yanked him off everything. Rehab. Oh my bad. That's it out loud. And uh, they're supposed to be trying to repackage him with uh, something new. So we'll see. It'd be cool if he went by his real name because Wyndham Rotunda is a perfect wrestling name. 
it'd be cool if he was studying some Dusty Rhodes tapes and tried to be like the modern day Dusty Rhodes, like a good guy. Why? Why does the Wikipedia say that he returned at Starcade? Oh, they didn't air that. They, it must have been the part that they didn't show. They said he had a match against Baron Corbin. Oh yeah, they didn't show that. In a no DQ match, they don't say who won. Yeah, they didn't show so that. He's working the rust off then. Yeah, bigger debut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his Wikipedia says he is in a relationship with JoJo. He was previously married and has two children from that marriage. Well, all right. So they are wiki official. Yes. She's only twenty-four. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) What? How old is he? It shouldn't be that much of a difference. Oh, he's only thirty-one. It's still yeah, yeah. It's not a lot of growth. You know how like I'm I was born in the eighties, so like anybody who's born in the nineties, it just sounds wrong. Even if the age isn't really like that bad. Gotcha. It's just like ninety what? Ew, go away. Child. It's like, oh you're actually an adult legally. How about that? Oh yeah, that's not bad. That's what the numbers say. I mean allegedly. Jerry Lawler is like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he has no problem. Well, Jerry Lawler and Ric Flair, they're just saying, no. Did you listen to the uh, Something to Wrestle With from this past week? I haven't listened to it yet. I'm I'm kind of backed up. I'm working there. The episodes are so long. Yeah, yeah. but (laughs) It takes a while. uh, This week's episode, they talk about 1993 and uh, what happened to Jerry Lawler specifically. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you know what? I might have to bump that up <laughs> in, the, in the line of shows that I need to listen to. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, Miss Didi Janae, we'll turn it over to you at this time for the SmackDown Matters Report, the official okay. A show. The real A show, the real interesting show. You know, they're in Minneapolis. They kick off the show welcoming back the man, Becky Lynch. Um, somebody noted that she has new um, Titantron. What do you call it? Graphics. Graphics. That's the word. She has new graphics. They specifically say the man. Popping. Uh, the crowd's happy to see her. Becky says, you know, when you're the hottest thing in the industry, any time away is too much time away. She said she invades straw, invaded Raw, kicked ass, and is now ready to get back into action. She couldn't perform a Survivor Series. So Charlotte had to fight for her. So then Becky calls out Charlotte. She comes. She's in her bad bitch makeup, a little bit darker, a little more plum, a little less natural. It's lit. Becky tells Charlotte to give Ronda the beat. Told Charlotte to give Ronda the beating she gave her. And while she came close, she didn't do it quite that way because had she done it correctly, Ronda wouldn't have been able to stand and walk around and fight the very next day, which is what Don said. Remember? Yes, I did. Yes, you did. Baby Nolan. So Becky said that Charlotte had to channel Be- channel Lynch to try and get the job done. Charlotte said, no, girl. I'm just being Charlotte Flair and gave Ronda what she deserves. She's more capable because she is genetically superior. Remember, that was her thing when she first got here. Becky said Charlotte went from imitating her old man to imitating the man. Becky is glad she hits Charlotte so she so hard that she remembered who she was because remember Charlotte used to be an asshole so Becky's like I'm glad you got back to being who you are 
So then Charlotte says that Becky is actually copying her old man, Rick, and is still riding her coattails. She says that she fought for herself because Becky couldn't do it and she'll fight her right now. So Paige's like, no, no, no. Y'all have a match at TLC and it'll be a TLC match. Yay. So are we happy about that? We're happy about that. That's awesome. I think so too. So Mandy Rose comes out with the other heels, Sonya, Zelina, the double iconics. And she's like, they could have done what Charlotte did, but they get ignored. Basically, because Paige had made intimations like Charlotte was the only one. And she's like, no, girl, we all could have beat Charlotte. We all got that fire. We all have that passion. And so then the good people come out, Naomi, Carmella, Lana, and Asuka. And she's like, I don't really agree with Mandy too much on much of any. First of all, wait, backtrack. Naomi looked like the snackiest of snacks. Yes, okay? she did. Mm-hmm. She had on an all black castle, long wavy black hair, and then had like the glow boots on. Oh, she did that. So she says that rarely, but this time she will agree with Mandy. And obviously, we have the skills to get at Londa. And we deserve a shot. And so Becky's like, cool, form a line, I beat all your asses, whatever. And Paige is like, I'm happy about your passion. So what I'll do instead is book a battle royal with all of y'all. And whoever wins that will get put into the TLC match. So we'll now be a triple threat TLC match. That'll be later. That'll be your main event. In the meantime and in between time, there's a non-title match between the bar and the Usos. Um, Jimmy and Cesaro or Seamus, one of them, they head up top but Cesaro cuts one of them off and then Seamus blocks a splash cradles the other Uso for two the Usos are looking like snacks too grey beers, uh, what? yes, anyway there's a double team white noise that gets cut off and then Jimmy cradles Cesaro for two then they hit in Zagurys and super kicks and the big splash for the win um, backstage, New Day mocks the Miz for losing last week. They argue about survivors because then he loses like boots and pants. Yeah, Jimmy last and Johnny boots and pants. Yeah, last week. Uh-huh. Yeah, so New Day are mocking the Miz for losing to a jobber. They argue about Survivor Series, and Miz is like, "But of course, I can beat y'all." So he's going to meet with Shane and get a match. It is revealed that Big E is a closet Marine movie fan. I think that's accurate. This- I don't know that I'm surprised about that. The Miz. Plus the new day equals ratings. Gold. This shit was so funny. Like when you when you got charisma and you're good on the mic, good things can happen out of bullshit. Unfortunately, you people don't have anything like that on Raw. (laughs) Anyway, AJ says for 14 days he's been without the WWE title, and it feels longer than the 371 that he had the title. He hates losing, especially the way he lost to Daniel Bryan. He knew there was a target on his back, and he's not bothered with how Daniel Bryan won, but he's very upset over the post-match attack, which put him out of action. He watched Daniel Bryan give his explanation last week, and AJ thinks it's bullshit, and he can't wait to smash Daniel Bryan's face at TLC. He calls him out, but Daniel Bryan isn't there. He, he is, he is, because he doesn't take nights off. And so, when Daniel Bryan rolls out of his hyperbaric chamber, because remember, that's what Daniel Bryan said he had to do to get back into the ring. Once he gets out of the chamber, brings that title to TLC, it's going to belong to AJ Styles. You see, once I became the WWE champion, I knew there'd be a target on my back. But who would have thought that target 
would have moved to somewhere else. But that's not what bothers me. I've been there. I know what it's like to want something so bad you'll do anything to get it. What bothers me is what happened after the match when Daniel Bryan kicks me in the face over and over and over and over again. To the point where I was not medically cleared to be at Survivor Series. I wasn't medically cleared to be at SmackDown Live this past week. I don't care if it's the new Daniel Bryan, the old Daniel Bryan. They have the same face to me, and I'm looking forward to to smashing that face in. You know what? We don't have to wait to TLC. We can do this right here, right now. But here's the thing, Daniel Bryan is not here. And the live events we had this past week, he wasn't there. Sounds like to me someone has been watching Raw and getting ideas how they do things over there. But this isn't Raw. This is SmackDown Live. The house that AJ Styles built. And for 371 days, I never missed a live event. I never missed a pay-per-view. I never missed SmackDown Live. Because I was the champ and this is where I belong. So Daniel, when you roll out of your little hyperbaric chamber and you rest up, Make sure you're at TLC. And you can bring your dreams. You can bring your excuses. But most importantly, don't forget the WWE Championship. Because it belongs to me. It belongs to phenomenal AJ Styles. Do we care? Are we interested? Was it good build up? That was a good promo. I liked it. Okay. It's better than anything Raw had. The first 12 minutes of this show was better than anything Raw had. I know. You started in with the women and it's still better than three hours of everybody else on Raw. Uh, I swear. It's amazing. Anyway, Nakamura versus Rusev. Nakamura attacks Rusev before the bell even rings, before they even get into the ring. He has already hit Rusev with a Kinshasa that sends him to the floor. He hits another Kinshasa. There is no match because Nakamura just wanted to whoop that ass because that's what heels do. Um, it's the 20th anniversary of Jeff Hardy, I guess, his debut in the WWE. So they have put the roster on the stage. They have put in the ring, blown up pictures of Jeff Hardy. Michael Cole from Raw is here to interview Jefferson. Um, who would have thought out of the TLC teams that Jeff is a sole survivor in terms of working mostly a full-time schedule in 2018? I just want you to know, I didn't think it would be him. How to put money on Christian. Oh, really? Captain Charisma. Yeah. 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 Because he was, he, like, you know, like, he seemed like he could have been a mid-card guy for a long time. 
Like once he once things happen. Remember he left WWE for a while and I right. think he went to like TNA. He, sure he had a good he had a long solo career. I remember. Yeah, yeah. He did. And so I could have I could have easily seen him coming back into Raw and being like an IC champion at some point, fighting Dolph Ziggler during those quiet years where nobody was really giving it so much. But I could have seen him working a lot longer than he did. Mm-hmm. So out of you know, like the Dudleys, you know they're they're bigger men. So if somebody had a bad knee, I wouldn't be shocked. Edge was doing team too much, so I figured <laughs> you know hurt himself or get stabbed because he being a thought out here. And then you know the Hardys, I just knew one of them was gonna break their neck. So or the the lifestyle outside the ring was gonna get them. Oh, I didn't say break their neck in the ring. I just said break their neck. <laughs> You know, they sit up there being country boys out in the fields of North Carolina. Like, anything could have happened to them. So, yeah, from the outside looking in, I definitely thought Christian had the best chance of being there 20 years later. But, no, it's young Jefferson. Um, There's a video of all of his accomplishments. He's there, Jeff is, getting emotional due to the crowd response and the respect of his peers. He thanks the audience. He can't he can't believe what he's accomplished and the crazy things he's done, which has been a lot. Excuse me. He's had some great career highlights and some horrible lows. But through it all, the fans stuck with him, and he's grateful. He shared his love for the wife and kids. Says this is no retirement seat speech. He doesn't know what the future holds, but says they can find out together. I think that's beautiful. But Samoa Joe interrupts and congratulates Jeff, which lies. <laughs> he apologizes for being late and was preparing a toast, but that isn't the best idea around Jeff. Listen, that like that shit. Like you don't have to just start off like that. You could have eased into it a little bit. You see when Shane had Shane came up there and tried to take the microphone from him, he was smiling like, "Come on, man, it's the truth. It's, it's the truth." <laughs> that is awful. He says Jeff's video was great because Jeff likely doesn't remember any of it. Joe doesn't celebrate weakness or second chances. Jeff has made the people cheer, but just as many times he let them down. Oh, shit. People like you never change. And the next time you feel weak, Samoa of the Joes will be there to offer his hand and it won't be painless. Jeff said, look, bitch, you ain't gonna rain on my parade on tonight. He still is in the moment and he wants to make a moment with Joe on tonight. And Joe's like, no, friend, won't be doing that. So did we like it? Did we love it? Was it the setup of something new and interesting? Oh, this was the shit right here, man. Samoa Joe came out there and just wrecked shop. He took three lines and got everybody like, ooh, I want to <laughs> see this match now. <laughs> I didn't know I wanted to see this match a minute and a half ago. You know, when I think to the brand split, I think Raw thought that they were getting like all of the A people that had all of the star quality, but SmackDown got all the people who are good on the mic. Yeah, and so like when you have that time and you've got people who can get you where you need to be, create those next steps, build it, and make it seem interesting. Time goes by so much quicker, and it doesn't feel like a chore. To get through things. Because what does Miz and Kofi have to do with anything? Nothing at all. But we care about their match because it's going to be entertaining. Because they're entertaining. So, to their match. Miz removes a buckle pad. Big E covers it up with pancakes. A resourceful king. And Kofi gets the roll up for two. 
Miz takes out Xavier and Francesca and claims Big E attacked him. Then Miz gets a chair. Xavier takes it and then there's a trouble in Paris. Wait, that sounds like a distraction. Yes. Xavier takes it. There's a trouble in paradise from Kofi, and that's that on that. Mm. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Take your drink. Take your drink. That was absolutely a distraction. Anyway, Orton is here to address his recent attack on Rey Mysterio. He's carrying the mask from Ray that he snatched off his face last week. He says they think he's heard that people think his actions are disrespectful and disturbing and racist. I'm just saying that, you know, just because, you know, he's all lives. So I'm sure somebody said it was probably racist that he tried to attack a little Mexican dude. I'm extrapolating. He says, no, I would use the adjective euphoric. He never understood the big deal about the piece of trash he ripped off Ray's face. He doesn't care about the history of the mask, but he's not trying to disrespect the culture. He's trying to disrespect Ray himself. Right? And he wants to knock him off the pedestal that fans have put him on. All Ray Mysterio is to Randy Orton is another victim. So Ray arrives. He's got a neck brace on. They brawl on the floor until Orton repeatedly slams Ray to the barricade. He rips at the mask, but he absolutely takes off the neck brace. Ray keeps fighting, manages to hit a 619 and another one, grabs a chair, and wants to like play to the crowd. And while he's doing that, Orton revives himself cuts him off, and hits the draping DDT. Well, that's that on that. Then he takes Ray to the floor and continues to beat that ass, and then he attacks the throat with the chair some more, and the agents have to come in to make the save. Vicious. Randy Orton is just so vicious. I mean, you gotta play to your strengths. You gotta be yourself. Yeah, this is true. Yeah. Shane is texting and Miz arrives. He's angry. He says he can't will this team into reality on his own and needed Shane tonight to fend off New Day. Shane is like, but we're not a team though. While Miz says they are bonded forever and the best in the world trophy is their child. In case you haven't noticed, Shane is in reality and Miz is in another place where he and Shane are co-winners of the best in the world and are now tag teams in life. Right? Right. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. what, that's what we're working with. Next, there's a T this is the main event, the TLC qualifier battle royale. There's Amanda, Amanda, Sonya, and Asuka Naomi. Alana. Uh who's the little one? Zelina Vega. Zelina. I couldn't think of her name. And I might be missing people. We'll get there. Mandy and Sonya attack Asuka while Naomi is down. Naomi makes the save and it's a rear view and a disaster kick. Mandy fights back. They both work to the apron and Mandy needs the post and gets eliminated almost immediately. Sonya then runs up and kicks Naomi in the back and everybody yells in the crowd because they're pissed which made me happy. So, at that point we've kind of glanced over um Zelina and Lana, but Zelina was the first one out. That's that. The double iconics also were out. They got knocked out by um Asuka. That was great. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's a great match. Um, but final two standing are Asuka and Sonia. Of course, at that point you're assuming that Asuka wins, but you know, sometimes they like to throw you a curveball, so you have to wonder. So there's a back and a forth. Sonia looks to eliminate Asuka. Mandy tries to help out. 
as Asuka's laying the kicks to Sonya. So Asuka ends up standing on the apron. She pulls Sonya onto the apron. They're trading strikes and kicks, and they're both rock. And then on the outside apron, Asuka hits a knee strike that if it hurt me all the way in D.C., like it hurt me. And Sonya fell to the ground. And Asuka is your winner. The crowd goes wild. Becky and Charlotte, who are down near the commentary table, are looking. And they don't look very happy about this. But everybody else is very happy about this. And Lana underneath the bottom rope is not eliminated. Oh, in this battle royal. And Zelina Vega has been eliminated. Third Look participant at Lana right now. Uh, Lana, Lana, who eliminated Selena Vega earlier on, took a rough shot outside the ring. Now in uh, trouble against the Iconics. Uh, Lana over the top and eliminated by Kay and Royce. Oh, missed with a kick in the corner. There goes Peyton to the outside. Oh, the spinning back fist. Peyton Royce and Billy Kay in a bad way. I'm going to make a prediction. The Iconics are going bye-bye. Uh-oh. And there they go. Got him good. You're clairvoyant. Could be sweet redemption for Carmella. If she can win this battle royal. Oh! And now Asuka, Asuka, trying to light up Carmella here on the apron. Well, I guess when in doubt, scream. That's worked real well for you, huh, Saxton? Oh! Here is oh, position for, for both these ladies Wait here. Manny Rose, Manny Rose in trouble. Oh, great athleticism by Naomi. Oh, into the post. Oh, no. There goes Mandy. Good night, Mandy. Oh, and Sonya Deville from behind. We are down to two. But Deville can knock her to the floor. Oscar will be eliminated. Oh, you need to keep oh, the pressure on. Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose trying to help out her friend Deville. Oh. Oscar takes out Mandy Rose. Sonya Deville back inside. Oh, it caught by Oscar. Oh, right across the back of Sonya's neck. Yeah, great wherewithal from the Empress. Oscar's bought herself a valuable few moments. Going to want to get back inside the ring. A dangerous scenario here for Oscar. Thinking high impact for this elimination. Trying to suplex Sonya Deville out of the ring. Deville hanging on for dear life to that top rope. Oh my God! Oh my God! Caught out on the apron. Both superstars are over the top rope. First woman whose feet touch the floor won't be eliminated. Oh, gosh. Both women connected. Somehow, they are both still on the apron and both still in this battle royal. This is not the part of town where you want to trade blows. Join the match with Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch for the championship. Oscar, Oscar, Oscar. Now, remember how a week ago or a couple of weeks ago you were talking about how the crowd had never forgotten Oscar? They never, you know, no matter how bad they were treating her, Mm -hmm. they were still just waiting. So Mm -hmm. finally paid off. 
finally, and it's oh, and now we're in a situation where like Charlotte's a non-factor. By that I mean the WWE is always gonna love Charlotte. They're always gonna give her chances. But this is this is truly like a Becky Oscar thing, and. Now you're like, who's gonna win? Is it Becky? Is it Oscar? Or do they both get fucked over and is it Charlotte? Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. intrigue. Like, no, yes. And then it's like, any answer is frustrating because if Becky wins, that means Oscar doesn't win. That's sad. If Oscar wins, that means that's momentum stop for Becky. That sucks. And if Charlotte wins, that fucks both of them over. And that sucks. And so it's like, ah, ooh, what do we do? What do we do? Yeah, should be like it's, it's entertaining. I know you're not familiar with that if you watch Raw. <laughs> Something that everybody needs to get familiar with, though, Didi. That's our mm-hmm. Patreon page at CSPN. Mm-hmm. Go over to patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. Become a backstage member. It's just three dollars a month. You can check out exclusive content. Provided by all of the podcasts here at CSPN, exclusive videos, podcasts, um, you know, exclusive content, some good stuff over there, videos of the Bad and Boozy podcast. You can see those ladies live and in living color. Uh, Crown and Collars do their Bring It Back. They do their music uh, segments over on Patreon now, so you can listen to them, review old albums, and talk about you know, times and eras of music. They just had one about New Jack Swing that's up on Patreon. So please, again, head over to patreon.com forward slash CSPN Media. Check out the Patreon page and become a CSPN Backstage Pass member. Last review this week, NXT, and they were in San Jose. So we start off with Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan versus The Mighty. Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan get the win with a roll up. After the match, the Mighty jumped the winners to the crowd chanting, you still suck. Didi, you'll be interested in this. <laughs> Kari Singh, Io Shirai, and Dakota Kai were interviewed about why they got um, involved in the match at Evolution. Mm-hmm. Kari says that she's not done with Shayna. And when asked why they got involved, Dakota says that she simply doesn't like Shayna and she has a history with her. Boom, I don't like the bitch. That's why. <laughs> EO hooked Kari and says that's her best friend. So that's why she helped. And they won a match against the three horsewomen. Can we just get into Dakota with the best reason I have ever heard? Because I don't like her. Like, let's not be flowery. Let's not talk about it's not right that she. No, I don't like the bitch. I don't like her. <laughs> I don't like her. That's some shit I would say. Also, if you're on the Twitter, you may have heard that one of these people has hand, foot, and mouth disease. Yes, unfortunately, that would be Kari Singh. And I'm just saying, I would have kept that to myself. Because it wasn't like the WWE found out. She tweeted it herself. And I would have left that to me and my doctor. (laughs) And apparently, it's just like a skin rash. But it sounds awful and it sounds like how the hell you get hand foot and mouth like the hell is you doing if you got hand foot and mouth disease like, I don't need that judgment on my spirit so I just kept that right to me and my doctor <laughs> just had to wrestle in long sleeve for a few days like no 
Ew. Gear change. <laughs> right? Uh, EC3, he defeated Marcel Barthel with the TKO. EC3 then gets on the microphone. He addresses the Undisputed Era. He tells them they didn't finish the job of taking him out, and he will allow them to lick their wounds after war games, but he is focused on Bobby Fish. He's coming for Bobby Fish's head, his knees, and everything in between for attacking him with the chair. EC3 says that he's vindictive and undisputedly the top 1%. Earlier this week, Candice LeRae, she was interviewed at the Performance Center about her new attitude and if it has anything to do with Johnny. She just completely ignores them. She thinks she's Renee. <laughs> Don't ask me about my husband. Damn it. We had another Black Girl Magic match between Mia Yim versus Vanessa Bourne. Mia counters the right hand into an arm bar, but Bourne makes the ropes quickly. Bourne pulls Mia into the turnbuckle. Mia hops over the turnbuckle and slaps on the tarantula. We get a series of kicks capped off by a drop kick from Mia. We get the Yakuza kick in the corner, and Mia hits soul food, and Mia Yim is your winner. The War Raiders are dealing with slight injuries from their match at War Games. Somewhere backstage, Tomasa Tampa and Goldie are back there. He says that he proved that he is the greatest sports entertainer of all time and that he returns to NXT next week and he expects everyone to pay attention. Main event time, Hoss match time, Keith Lee versus Lars Sullivan. Lee sidesteps Lars, who charges into the ring post. Keith Lee fires off shots and gets a two count on a crossbody, and then they exchange more shots. We get some clubbering from Lars, but he runs into the pounce. Keith Lee follows up with a a corkscrew plancha to the outside. Keith Lee slides Lars back in the ring for a two count. Keith Lee then misses a middle rope moonsault, and that leads to Lars hitting a freak accident, and Lars Sullivan is your winner. Mm. And that was this week's NXT. That sounds like it was also better than Raw. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. The main event was really good. Especially watching Keith Lee at whatever pounded she is do a corkscrew poncho to the outside. That's crazy. Oh, to the outside. That's yes. Crazy. Yes. And whatever pounded she is, is well north of 290 pounds. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 like a he's kind of like a a little bit taller Samoa Joe as far as like build. Oh wow. Yeah, so he's taller, which means he can hold a little bit more weight than Samoa Joe can. So yeah, he's pretty crazy. Cool. So um, I don't know. Probably I don't even know if they had a show over the holiday weekend but uh have you been having your eye on impact tonight uh, oh it's only wednesday i forgot yeah we're there early so no I, i'll try to remember because nothing else that i watch comes on thursdays so i'll try to remember that way i can give you like a a quick 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 highlight of whatever they got going on over there 
thank you, Madame. But you know, but you know, I can't deal with crazy looking people, and Sue Young is out there messing with me, so. I might. Yeah, I don't know. You have to just imagine her as a picture without the makeup on. They don't even look like the same person, though. <laughs> so it's it's so hard to act like, oh, well, that ain't Sue Young. That's really just sadly. They don't look nothing alike. <laughs> Uh, like that could be anybody under that surgery and that makeup. That's what happens when you read things. I just read an article about Braun Strowman's, Strowman's surgery, and then I said surgery instead of makeup. <laughs> the point is, her makeup scares me. Ooh, this day in history. What we got? I don't know. I'm. Let's see. There's a lot of stuff in the 30s, but none of us are that old. So let's keep going. We haven't done this in a while. I know. In 1973, Billy Graham beat Ken Patera by DQ. Ooh, in 74, Dusty Rose beat Cowboy Bill Watts to win the Florida title. Some things happened in 77, but I don't care. In 78, Harley Race beat Jack Briscoe to retain the NWA title. The next year, he had a double count on Mandy Fernandez to retain said title. Um... Jesus, a lot of things happened, but it was all back in the 80s. I don't know these people. Ooh, the Rock and Roll Express did something in 85. There was Starcade Atlanta in 85. In 86, ooh, a Guerrero fought Bill Dundee. This was a very active day in wrestling. <laughs> yeah. It was still not even at the 90s. My God. Because um, back in the day, the calendar used to work where Thanksgiving used to be like that last Thursday in the month. Oh, that makes sense. Like, I am I even at the 90s? Oh, interestingly enough, all of this ends in 93. But in 1993, uh, do we know who Prince Karis is? Or Karis? Prince Karis. Nope. Nope. Okay, but he TKO'd Tim Horner. And then (laughs) the Rock and Roll Express. No NC Moondogs. Rex and Spot. I don't know what that means. No count maybe. No contest, I don't know. Probably. Oh, no contest. There you go. Ron and Don Harris beat the Heavenly Bodies, who I have heard of, in a gang fight match. And then also, Two Cold Scorpio and Marcus Alexander Bagwell, and I know those people, defeated Tex Slazinger and Shanghai Pierce. Ah, WCW TV champion Lord Steven Regal defeated Paul Roma. WCWS champion Dustin Rhodes defeated Paul Orndorff. Sting and Brian Pillman defeated WCW TV champion Lord Regal and Steve Austin. Ric Flair defeated Harley Race, who substituted for an injured WCW world champion Vader. And the WCW international world champion Rick Rude defeated Ricky Steamboat. So 93 was the year. (laughs) Good stuff. I think they just stopped because how you go from 75 to 93 and nothing happened after 93. Well, then that's when they started running. Uh, see, that used to be like Starcade. A lot of that was Starcade. Then they started yeah. Then they moved it to December. No, that makes sense. But I don't know how you go from like 17 highlights for two decades and nothing. Well, because Vince doesn't do anything on Thanksgiving. They've never. I mean, but I'm, I know, but I'm just saying, like nothing random runoff happened this day in this uh, two decades. Yeah, probably not. I don't believe in it. You don't believe by in it. By coincidence, one or two things should have happened <laughs> in the last twenty years. 
uh, just anything and anything. That's any old thing. Just a little bit of some, a random, you know, a random title change, a this and a that. I got you. Yeah. A lot of, you're right though. A lot of things were happening in this last little bit in November. Yep. So, uh, I, I, see, I'm correct because I looked at the day before in wrestling history and there are things in 93 and there are things in 94 and there are things in 99 and there are things in 2005. That's what I thought. What happened in 99 and 2005? In 99 and 2005 in Philadelphia, the ECW World TV champ Rob Van Dam defeated Uganda, a.k.a. Kamala, too. The Sandman defeated Raven, who I do remember. And the ECW champion, Mike Awesome, defeated Justin Credible, who I also remember. Yeah, Justin Credible was the shit. Even more interesting, in 2005, they had a Survivor Series. Triple H defeated Ric Flair in a last man standing match. John Cena was a WWE champion, and he defeated Kurt Angle. Trish Stratus, with Mickey James, defeated Melina with Joey Mercury and Johnny Nitro to retain the women's title. Then Team SmackDown defeated Team Raw. <laughs> and then Booker T. Ooh, Booker T defeated that man who we can't talk about. You know, the <laughs> Canadian one. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a difficult thing to process when that dude was one of my all time favorites. Like, he's. So great, and it makes everything it makes everything awkward because you can't talk about this. But it, it feels disrespectful if you talk about him like he wasn't great, but then he also did this this really terrible thing, right? So you, it's oh, it's weird. Very oh, it's weird. weird. Very weird. And his son is walking around with the same damn face, and that's weird too. Very weird. That man looks exactly like him, and that's fucking odd. Very weird. So. Question. Yes. If your father murdered, not necessarily your mother, but just murdered some bodies and people found out about it when you were a young person, then you grew up and you realize you look exactly like your father, would you get plastic surgery to look less like the person who did those horrible things? No, I wouldn't personally. You wouldn't? No. I think I would. <laughs> like not a nose job because you ain't taking no chisel. To- Do you know you still gotta use? They gotta use a chisel to break your nose. Yeah, all, I can imagine. All that. of the advances in technology, and you still gotta just put a hammer and chisel to the bones of my face. No, the lie detector said that's not happening. <laughs> but I feel like if, like if my mom, everybody say I look like that woman. So like, let's say she was just like, fuck everything and kill people. And then I look just like her. I, I, think, I don't know if I do like a brow lift or like oh, she can play something that I don't look so much like. I don't know. Maybe I'm lying. But he looks just like that man. And it's creepy. <laughs> it's so weird. But then it's not because that's your dad. But it is because ah, it's awkward. Anyway. <laughs> At this point, I'm going to turn it over to you for your shout outs and thank yous. Oh, shout out to Jade because, duh. Also, Jade was on TV. Jade to the Max was on what the FYI channel? Yeah, the DIY channel. 
the DIY channel, be, you know, being fancy, flipping houses. First time flippers. Being the icon that she is. Yes. First time flippers. So shout out to her. Shout out to um, all the ladies of the glow. Everybody in particular. Shout out to, ooh. What does she go by on Twitter? Is her name Jay Christine? She's my K-pop boo. Every time I decide I like somebody in K-pop, I got to run them through her. To be like, he's not problematic, right? Like, anytime you get into something new, you want to make sure that they're okay. So her name is X Jade Shrilla. Um, Shout out to her. Uh, who else? Anybody else? Shout out to Parcheesy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's... Oh, shout out to Mel. Mel always gets shout outs. So yeah, that's it. Mel had a birthday over... This holiday, so. she did. Okay, this is so. one of the few times she hasn't done Melly Girl. I'm sad she didn't come back. Yep. So, so shake a tail, feather, and things. Happy birthday to her, and I miss her hug. But yeah, happy birthday, Mel. All right, I'd like to give a shout out to Miss Didi Jone. Give a shout out to Greg. Also, give a shout out to Sam out there in the world doing his things, helping people this holiday season in his. Grinch-like manner that only he can. <laughs> <laughs> Give a shout out to What Sleep Though, who was at SmackDown on Tuesday. Uh, hope you had a lot of fun. Uh, so shout out to everybody who was in the Raw cast, SmackDown Matters, all the live tweets, everybody who listened to the show this past week. Um, so we appreciate it, like always. So um, nothing from New Japan to report. As of yet, we're still in the World Tag League, so we're coming towards the end of that in December, and then it'll be time for Wrestle Kingdom, and we'll have some cool stuff going on there. So they're going to have an NXT takeover for the UK show in January, so people who are watching that, they're going to have a payoff on those storylines in January, so that should be pretty cool. See what that presentation is like. And uh, other than that, for my SmackDown Matters correspondent, Miss Didi Jone for the WrestleCast broadcast journalist, Magnum Prime. I'm your host, Don DeLorente. Please stay tuned for the parting promo. Watching all my crazy moments, I can't believe I did half of that stuff, man. What's wrong with me? Oh my gosh. This business, this business has given me such a creative outlet to express who I am. I mean, my face paint is way better than it was 10 years ago. So I can freely be the charismatic enigma here, and that is so cool. And through it all, I've lived the the highest of highs and felt the lowest of lows. And no matter what I got myself into over the years, each and every one of you has stuck by my side. And for that, I am eternally grateful. Trust me. I wouldn't be here without my wife, Beth, without my little hearty girls, Ruby and Nira Quinn. I love y'all so much, and thank y'all so much for making this night possible. 
And make no mistakes, this is far from a retirement speech. I mean, I don't know what is going to happen in the future, but what do you say we find out together? Thank y'all so much. Congratulations, congratulations. 20 years, Jeff. That is a very, very long time. And and please, forgive my tardiness. I was in the back. I was popping some bottles. I was getting ready to come out here and have a toast. But I think we can all agree, maybe having a bottle of champagne around you isn't the best idea. Shane, Shane, it's, it's cool. Shane, please let him through. Joe, talk. What do you want to say, man? Please, let him through. It's all right. Hey, 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 hey. And thank you to WWE for that wonderful video package, that wonderful anthology of all your greatest moments. It must have been a special treat for you, considering at the time you probably weren't coherent enough to remember any of it anyways. Because you see, I do not celebrate weakness, and I do not believe in second chances, especially when there's men like me who have yet to get there first. You know what bugs me most of all, Jeff, is that despite all the mistakes that you have made over and over again in your career, that you allow yourself to stand in that ring and be put up on a pedestal. And that, my friend, makes me absolutely sick. Because for as many times as this man has made you get up out of your seat, there are just as many times, Jeff, that you let all these people down. But Jeff, my only consolation is this, is people like you never change. And the demons, they never go away. They're always lurking in the background. They're always waiting to take control. And the next time you feel powerless, Jeff, and we both know there will be a next time. Just know that as a friend, I'm offering you my hand. And it's a very simple one-step program. It is very, very quick, Jeff. But I guarantee you, it won't be painless. No matter what you say, you can't rain on my parade. You can't rain on our parade tonight. I have walked the tightrope for 20 years. I've almost ended my career 20 times. And I still live for the moment, Joe. So what do you say you and I make one right now? Hardy's right, ready to go. It's Joe going to oblige. It appears that way. Samoa Joe with some biting comments. Downright reprehensible insults. And obviously, Joe wants no part of Jeff Hardy. <laughs> 